Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Yeah. What's going on, Coastline Church? How y'all doing this morning? Woo. Y'all having a good uh, weekend so far? I was a little worried about the weather yesterday when it came in. It was a storming all day. It was a good nap day. But woke up this morning, did sunrise service at 7 a.m. with a couple other Coastline folks. And uh, it looks like it's turned into a beautiful, beautiful weekend. I hope you guys are... I uh, got some restful, fun adventure plans uh, with the family. Don't go home and just do a bunch of chores. So go go make some memories. And all uh, all the husbands said amen. Um, <clears throat> hey, um, real quick, I want to take a second and welcome all the people tuning in online. Uh, I know we've been live streaming now for probably like three or four years now. And uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's somewhere any on a, any given weekend, there's somewhere between like 30 and 50 people that are doing church uh, either from their home uh, or maybe they're out on the boat with the family or something like that or at the beach uh, or maybe they just uh, woke up late and slept in and you're catching it there. Man, I want to say thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us. Uh, today I'm excited because uh, finishing up a series that started just a few weeks ago. Uh, called Asking for a Friend. This is where we put a text message out, or uh, we put a message out to everybody and said, hey, you can text in, you can email in, uh, you can write in through the Church Center app uh, questions that you have about faith, uh, about theology, about Christianity, or about the church. And lots and lots of questions came in. Uh, We had some really good questions like, why did God make mosquitoes? I got no idea. I'm okay without them. If we could get rid of them, I'm okay with that. But God had a reason. Had a, a, a teenage girl said, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? And I was like, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not smart enough to figure that one out yet. I got a belly button. I'm not going to show you. But, uh, but yeah. Um, and then we did have some really good uh, theological questions like, how do I know if I'm hearing from God or not? What's the voice of God sound like? Uh, questions like, how did someone text in and say, like, why do sometimes I feel like the church just wants my money? It's a really tough question. But we talked about that last week and these other questions the previous weeks. If you missed any of it, you can check it out online. This week I'm excited because we're <clears throat> taking the next step. We're going to talk about something that uh, this is probably the one that got asked the most. It's probably the toughest one for me to preach on um, because there's so much so much to it. But the question is, are we living in the end times? Now, when I say that already, there's probably some tension. Some people are thinking, I don't even know what that means. Other people, you know, if you grew up in church, you know what your mom or your pastor, whoever talked about, and that brings up some, some interesting memories. Some of you guys have read in the Bible, you read through the book of Revelations, you're like, I got no idea what most of this means, but this is, this seems intense. But today, this morning, my hope is that as we look at the words of Jesus and what he said about it, we can answer this question for ourselves, but also understand, like, what does it mean for us today in this moment? What does it mean, like, what what do we do with it? What's our action today mean for what the future holds? And so um, 
My hope is that we can put away, away distraction, you know, things of what happened last week, things that are happening this next week, projects we've got coming up, homework and school and everything else. So let's put that all aside. And if we can focus on what Jesus got us saying, let the Holy Spirit talk to us and tune us to be the men and women God has called us to be. You guys down with that so far? All right, I want to pray for us and we'll jump into it. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. God, as I talk about this topic, I pray that your Holy Spirit would give me words beyond what I prepared or what I understand. I pray that you would uh, adjust our minds to receive what you have for us. And I pray that today that we would leave challenged to change and adjust us to make our world, the world that we live in, better because of you and the love that you have put in us. Thank you so much for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, before I jump into it, though, I do want to take a quick second. Um, I got a special friend in the church today. This person has been my, the, probably the friend I've had the longest in life. Uh, known her for, let's see, what am I, I'm 38, so like 33 years. How long we, how long we been friends for? A long time. My sister, it's her birthday today, Megan Jones. Uh, what are you, 33? Are you north of 30? It's a scary feeling being north of 30. Like, what's next? I mean, like, we've had kids. We've been married. It's like death. That's it, right? That's, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. No, we got lots of life. But, uh, no, I was thinking about today. I mean, I remember uh, mom telling us stories of us being in the bedroom and preaching at each other or whatever. I remember seeing pictures of us, you know, putting chairs together like they were horses and riding our bed down the road, you know. It was but uh, it's been a long, thanks for still being my friend. I appreciate you. You want me to sing happy birthday to you? Okay, good. Good. We'll save that for later. Talk about it. That would be, that would be end times. That would be, yeah. Um, so eschatology. Look at your neighbor and say eschatology. There's some real exciting stuff we're getting into. You were talking about theological terms. Eschatology is the study and understanding of end times and uh, judgment and spiritual destination. Um, this, is a this, is, this is an area in my life in which I am not the best at understanding. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to up front. This is one of those things that as I got into preparation for this week, I realized there's a lot here, a lot more than I can uncover and under, help, you under, help us understand together uh, over the course of 27 minutes. And because last week I preached 10 minutes longer than I should, my wife and TJ both got on me and said I got to keep it short. So I got 20 min 21 minutes and 43 seconds. I got to try to land, land this plane for us on end times. You guys feel the tension with me, right? All in all, I grew up in a, a, a Pentecostal church, an Assemblies of God church, which is great church, still doing great things today. But the stuff that I heard when I was a kid about end times freaked me out, like scared me to the point where like, wait, what's, what's happening here? What's going, what's going on? There's a lot of stuff like when I, even when I went through Bible college, I started reading in Revelations and you hear about like a three-headed dragon and all these other things. You're like, I, what did I get myself into? What drywall is looking a whole lot more fun right now? It's one of these things where there's so much to talk about that it's easy to get overwhelmed. It's easy for us even as followers of Christ to get tension about this topic. 
I talked to uh, someone uh, even this past week, and I was like, like, why do we, why does, why do we not talk about this? Why do people not study about this? And the person was real transparent and honest with me. They said, Brian, it's because like, this is scary. This is stuff where like you're talking about end of life stuff. You're talking about your life here on this earth being like these are these are scary things. People don't want to know or hear about this. But when when we see all these text messages come in of like, are we currently living in the end times? It it made me realize that this is something that church has not talked about that probably needs to. And so uh, I got to come to you and be honest. This week I felt lots of conviction of like this is something that. that there's so much here that we should have done a whole series on it, and you can't cover it all at one weekend. And so uh, at the back end part of this year, we're going to dedicate three or four weeks specifically to this. I think it's a smart thing to do. So my hope is that that in this tension that you might feel as even I talk about these words of end times and, and as you might not understand it, and there's some things that I don't understand too, my hope is that we can still come together and, and make a little bit of sense and understanding of what this means for us in today, the day that we, we live in. And so um, primarily when it comes to this, I think that the church itself, not, not just other churches, but my church, our church, uh, we've, there's a couple things we've gotten wrong when it comes to talking about end times. One, is, one thing is we haven't talked about it enough. We haven't helped people understand it. It's something that, that people are unsure of and some people are even afraid of. It's something we should be talking about. Uh, the second thing, though, is that we've done wrong is uh, over the course of years and decades, we've actually tried to predict, like, when the second coming of Christ is. You know, I have did some research this week, and all the way, you know, 100 years ago, we had churches were saying, like, we've heard from God, this is when Jesus is coming back. And that didn't happen. And you got guys that are, like, like printing redactions, like, you know what, I was off on my math, it's like one more year. You know, I remember Y2K. How many of you guys were alive for Y2K? It's crazy. There's people in this room that weren't alive for Y2K. My mom, like, had us, like, packing rice and beans in the closet. We thought the world was coming to an end. Jesus was coming back at Y2K. Guess what didn't happen? There's a lot of rice and beans still in that closet. I'm going to tell you right now. But we're ready. We're ready. We predict, the church has tried to predict it for years. I think it's wrong. And lastly, I think that part of what the church has done is talked about this, in a sense, to be fearful. And, and I don't think that's the intent of it. I think when what's talked about in the Bible, I think there's two purposes. I think the first one is to encourage those of us that are believers to understand that, that there's something better that's coming than what we're experiencing even right now. I think the second thing is to help to prepare those, to help to help warn those that are not close to him, that don't have a relationship with Jesus, that there's a finite amount of time that we have here on this earth. And so my hope is that if you're, if you're here today and you feel tension and you're kind of confused, I don't think that's a bad place to be. I think that's, that's our human nature. Uh, and it's also, it means like you're just part of, of what the church is. Because even as I look into the word, we're going to read it in the book of uh, Thessalonians, which is, this was written by a guy named Paul. Paul was a guy that uh, was a religious, uh, he was a very religious guy to the point where he had got the understanding of Jesus and Christianity wrong so much that Jesus stopped him caused him to go blind, had a moment with him, adjusted his life so much, and then healed him that he went on to start and write most of the New Testament. Paul writes to this church in Thessalonica, 
as they have questions about end times. And this is what he says. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. I think in the, be- in the beginning of this, he talks about this. He said, we want- this is something about the message of hope. Verse 14, it says, For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with commanding shout and the voice of the archangel and with a trumpet, uh, with a trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves, and then together with them, we who are still alive, remain on this earth, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. There's a lot there to unpack. But the end of this message, Paul tells the church, he said, this clearly is a message of encouragement. This is not a message that's supposed to be of, of fear or tension or angst. This is purpose of this is to encourage about what's to come. Now, when I talk about some of this stuff with people that are that are unchurched or dechurched, they're they're like Brian. This you you I don't even understand. We're we're way off base. Jesus is going to come back. And at some point, we're going to heaven with him. And even if we haven't died, this is, I'm telling you that this is what the Apostle Paul says that he heard from Jesus. Today, we're here because we believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died and three days later rose again. And he said that there's a day that's going to come in which he's going to return to this earth. And he's going to take all of us that also believe to heaven with him. I don't know about you, but as the Bible talks about heaven, and as I watch the news and see what the world is like today, I'm ready to go at any point. They didn't, it, it, like, I'm, I don't want to hear about shootings anymore. I don't want to hear about inflation anymore. I definitely don't want to hear about COVID anymore. I think it's one of those things that, that the idea of going back, going to a place where, where everything is perfect and there's no sin and no shame and no sickness, that and it sounds, sounds like paradise. But he tells them, he, he tries to un, uh, help them understand that when it comes to this, this idea of end times, your time, the, the last of your time here on this earth, it's not something that's supposed to be met with fear. It's something that's supposed to be met with anticipation and supposed to encourage us. Jesus, he talks about this too. This isn't something that uh, just comes from the Apostle Paul. Jesus actually spoke on it himself. Uh, and we're going to read from it in two different parts. There's the, uh, the Gospel of Mark that we're going to start first, uh, and then also the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Mark, uh, they say, was written from the perspective of Peter. Peter was a fisherman. He was, uh, he was a, just a normal, normal guy, wasn't super intelligent. He's writing specifically to uh, the Gentiles, the people that are, are not of the Jewish faith. And then the book of Matthew that we're going to get into here later on, this is from the apostle Matthew. Uh, he would have understand Jewish culture. He would have been specifically talking to them. So we're going to hear from the same story from two different perspectives. 
but these are words written in red. This is what Jesus would have said. So in Mark chapter 13, verse 1, it says, As Jesus was leaving the temple that day, so he was teaching in the temple, one of his disciples said, Teacher, look at these magnificent buildings. Look at the impressive stones in the walls. And Jesus replied, Yes, look at these great buildings. But they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. So later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives across from the valley of the temple, and Peter, James, and John, and Andrew came to him privately and asked him, tell us when will all this happen? What signs will show us that these things are about to be fulfilled? As he had hinted to them about end times, about the, that at some point this, this world will come to an end, they come to him with a question that, that many people have. When is that time going to happen? When, it, when, when are we going to get to the point where, like, all this completely changes? When, it, when is Jesus coming back after the temple has been destroyed and everything is, is no more? As much as we've tried to, like, pinpoint this, Jesus gives them the answer and gives us the answer. He continues to teach them a little bit about what to expect. It says, Mark chapter 13, verse 24 says, At that time... After the anguish of those days, the sun will be dark and the moon will give no light. The stars will fall away from the sky and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then everyone who will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory and he will send out his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. And in the book of Matthew, we pick up, this is the same, this is the end of that story. He says, however... This is Jesus speaking. He said, however, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only only the Father knows. I think that sometimes as as Christians, sometimes the church, we get so wrapped up in this trying to understand this this eschatology, this, this understanding of end times. We get so focused on it that we forget that Jesus, the one that was perfect, the one that that did it all right, he said to his disciples, you're not going to know when. You're not going to figure it out. He said that he, he didn't even know. So at that point, like, why do we put so much worry and stress and anxiety wrapped up into this, like, is this, is this the time that we're in? To answer the question, are we in the end times, I think that we're a lot closer to the end than we are to the beginning. I think as the Bible talks about how earthquakes will happen and, and storms will happen and all these things, that, that a lot more of that is happening than whatever has happened before. But regardless if, if it comes at the hand of Jesus coming back, Or you laying in bed at 100 years old, breathing, breathing your last breath. I think we're all in the same boat of that our time here on this earth is limited. And that in itself is a powerful thought to think. Because I think so many times we just, we push everything off to the next day. We think, man, if... It, 
I think even in the under trying to people trying to understand like when it's going to happen, when the end time, when Jesus coming back, it's because it's like at some point I can get to I can get to a certain point and then I'll I'll make everything right. I'll get it. I'll get everything prepared. I'll just live life a couple yeah, for the next couple years like this, and then and then I'll get all my I'll get my uh, I'll get my stuff together right before something happens. You know, I set up. Obviously, I'm. Um, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm like 300 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. You know, I'm just built different. Anybody here ever tried to start a diet before? I've had tried to do a couple of them. There's so much fun, right? Anybody ever done the thing like, you know what? Come Monday. Today's Sunday, but come Monday, I'm starting it. No, anyone here ever done that before? I'm the only one. Yeah, it's great planning, right? We're going to go to the taco shack today, and I'm going to have two of everything because it's, like, super cheap and delicious. But Monday's coming. I'm going to start a diet on Monday. And then Monday comes, and you're like, dude, these Monday's a tough day. There's just too much going on on Monday. Maybe let's try next week. This is just, I mean, you don't know what the kids were like on the way to school. Whew. We get in the habit of pushing things off and putting things off. And if we can get it all done before, before, the, before the time ends, then, then we'll be good. But the gift that we really have, and I think that we forget of, forget about is, is the gift of today. Like what we've been given, what we've been given today. We, we lose track of it in we plan for tomorrow and the next day and the day beyond, and we forget the amazing gift that we have, even in just right now. It was easy for me to remember this and connect with this when I got a call this week from a good friend of mine named Chris, and Chris said, man, I, my mom hasn't been doing so good, but I did not expect to have to call you today and let you know that Yesterday, she went to be with the Lord. So I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning and held her as she took her last breath. The lady that's been in our church many a times, sweet as, sweet as pie. I don't even know what that means, but the lady's a sweet lady. Today, she's in far better place than what she was. But I, I realized in that moment that I did the thing that we all do of like, man, I wish I would have visited with her. I wish I would have spent some more time with her. I didn't know the end was coming. Ultimately, it comes down to we got to recognize the gift that we have in today. That today when we load our kids up in the car, we have today and we get to spend time with them now, but we're not promised tomorrow. Who knows what could happen on the ride home, who knows what could happen tomorrow on the ride to school, who knows what happens with our health. We're not promised tomorrow, but we do have today, and I think we got to understand and see the value in it. I want to keep talking a little bit about what Jesus says about end times, though. He says this, he says, when the Son of Man returns, he continues to describe it, he says, it'll be like it was in the day of Noah. Remember the, the story you've heard about of the flood of the earth. 
It says, in those days, before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field, and one will be taken, the other will be left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill, one will be taken, and the other left. And he ends it with this. He said, so you, you too must keep watch, for you don't know what day the Lord is coming. Because we don't know. I don't know if it makes sense to worry about it and stress about it and try to, try to adjust our lives because we think it's going to be happening. And I, think, I think it's continued communication that today is the day that you have to adjust and change and work things out or set goals or whatever it is. Today's the day, today is the starting day. I listen to this guy, um, little country music artist, um, trying to make his way. His name's Zach Bryan. Anybody ever heard of him? Just real small time, right? Um, I'm kidding. He's he's absolutely huge. He's doing a great job. Um, uh, publicly from the stage, I am not promoting Zach Bryan. He has some lyrics that are uh, a little redneck, but. Anyways, I only listen to him because my wife listens to him in the car. You guys pray for her. I'm trying to be above that, but. But in one of his songs, he says this. He says, don't wait for tomorrow till tomorrow is not coming. Don't wait for tomorrow till tomorrow is not coming. I think some of us get in this rhythm of, of exactly that. We can't wait for our kids to grow up and get to a certain point. I've said, the same, I've said that same thing. I can't wait till, till I take this next step. I can't wait till my business gets to this next step. I can't wait till my grandkids grow up into this place. I can't wait till, 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 till my wife gets to the place where she really should be. You're, you were there from day one, baby. Don't wait for tomorrow until tomorrow is not coming. Don't miss out on what you have for today. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6, as Bane's coming up, says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. That's a message for today. That's not a message for a decision that you will make. That's a message for the decisions that you're making right now. Trust in the Lord with all. James, the brother of Jesus, the one that would have spent the most time with him. I remember hearing a pastor say, like, what must it do, what must your brother or sibling do to convince you that they are the Son of God and your Lord and Savior? Right? I've known you for thirty three years. Thirty four years? See, you get you're even smarter than me. You've seen me at my worst. You've seen me maybe at my best. It would take a lot. The brother of Jesus says this. He says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? 
Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and it's gone the next. The time we've been given is so incredibly short. I think about even as we watch our kids grow up, the days keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Jesus says this. He says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, he says, Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Coach, I want to tell you this. When it comes to the question of are we living in end times, I think we're closer than we have ever been. I don't know what it means for my generation. It scares me to think about what this world has in store for it for my kids' generation. I think that the only confidence that I have is in Jesus Christ. And so today, I continue to choose him. I continue to, treat, to train my kids to follow Jesus because that's, that's the only thing I see that's light in the darkness. Not a, a political affiliation, not what's on, on Facebook, not a number in my bank account. That's not the thing that's going to get me through what's ahead. And so today I have a decision. In this day, do I follow Jesus or do I follow something else? And I want to challenge you to choose him. I, th- I think that's the most valuable choice that you have in today. My hope is that the end times don't bring you anxiety or tension, that it encourages you. I want to read from the book of Revelations. This is, sorry, Revelation, the book of Revelation, not Revelations, because John didn't have revelations, he had one revelation. The book of Revelation about what the end days look like. He says this, he said, then I looked up again and I heard the voice of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and the living beings and the elders and they sang in mighty chorus, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and and under the earth and in the sea, and they sang, blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one who's sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Coastline, I don't know how many times I've come in here on a Sunday and I had a a tough week or I, I got Monday coming and things are stressful. By the time that second song's going and Kayla can't stand in a square on the stage because she's all over and David's beating on the drums and there's something that happens inside of me that just completely freeing in which spending time in worship and connecting my heart to Jesus is better than than anything else I can do in the world. And and I know that when on the best day, the best day of, of worship at Coastline where everyone hits the right notes and everyone's singing and and all the people are clapping on two and four. I know it's a struggle. We don't know all of us got rhythm here. But on that day, the best day doesn't compare at all to what it's going to be like, all of us together in paradise. And so my hope is that today that you see the value in what today is and that you'll make decisions in your life based on today and that you hold on to hope that the best, better than what even today will give, the best is still yet to come. 
If you've not made a decision to follow Jesus yet, I'm going to tell you it's the best decision that I've ever made. It's changed my life for the better. It's something that i got to wake up each and every day and continue to make. I continue to say, Jesus, I'm following you. Jesus, I want to go do this. But I'm going to do what you're telling me to do. Because I know your way is the best way. And as I continue to live my life, my life is far better, far healthier, and greater than if I'd have been doing what I want to do all along the way. So if you're far from Christ, my hope is that today you hear this message and you take a step today towards him. If you got any questions about that, if you if you need help, if you want to pray, we're going to have a time of prayer at the end of service. Myself or the prayer team would love to help you. We're going to be down here in this corner. If you got questions about end times, man, I'll be in the breezeway at the end of service. I'm happy to try to answer your questions. But today, look what the gift of today is and the value in it and continue to pursue it. Let me pray for us. Jesus, I thank you so much for what you've done. I thank you that in the mix of something that could be incredibly scary, we can still see the light that is you. And then if you don't know when the final days of this earth are, you don't know when, when you're coming back, then we're not going to worry about it. That we're going to focus our attention on you and what you would want us to do for this day. And I pray that as we do that, you would make us better men, better women, better mothers and fathers, husbands and wives. I pray that you would have an incredibly positive impact on the world that we live in as we continue to choose you and share your love with those around us. I know that happens. We have the opportunity to let that happen today. We thank you for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.